everybody. Welcome back. This is Bitch Breathe, and I am your host, Ricardia Bremley. So today we're going to take the whole issue of raising a boy to a more political level. In the first part of this episode, if you want to hop on over to that one, we talked more about what it means socially, how we can raise boys to be healthy adults and healthy men. And today I want to talk about what that means once we are able to accomplish that. So the first thing I thought about when I thought about talking um, about boys and raising them in an environment that automatically also makes them political agents at some point, I thought that we first need to understand that feminist is not a girl word, right? So I've often encountered, this is more in Germany than in New York, back when I where I used to live, uh, that when you use the word feminist, it conjures up a whole slew of negative connotations from hairy armpits to too much attitude, too little smiling, probably a lesbian, and certainly a pain in the ass, right? That's sort of uh, something that you used to encounter. And I'm going to go ahead and say you actually still do. Germany is a little bit of an old boys club. Now, let's not let's not make this milder than it is. It's a huge old boys club. And I know that goes for most countries around the world except maybe New Zealand, apparently. But uh, even though we have a female leader, right, Angela Merkel, and we might get a new one in the fall, it's still very much a man-dominated world. And when you say to a guy, hey, that's, you know, that's a very feminist attitude, it's, it's almost like they physically retreat back from you because you've now said a dirty word. I think if I had said something that rhymes with runt, that would have been a whole lot more positive or at least bearable to them than the word feminist. And I would really love for that to go away because feminist doesn't mean feminine. And that's the misunderstanding, right, that so many men have. Feminist just means you believe in the equality of men and women. That's it. That's all a feminist is. And I've been trying to educate those around me to a moderate, uh, moderately successful degree. But I have focused on my son, of course, also. And I've asked him, it was just the other day, I said, do you consider yourself a feminist? And there was a momentary hesitation. And he says, well, I don't know. I mean, I have feminist attitudes, of course. And I said, well, you believe in equality, right? And he's like, yeah. I said, so if you believe in equality between men and women, then technically that would make you a feminist. And he's like, yeah, I guess. And so luckily he's young and he doesn't care. And it's just something I'm noticing a lot, a lot about these kids because I work with a lot of uh, people who are that age, actually, who are very, very young. And it's so refreshing to see that they don't they don't have to pay as much attention to it anymore because everybody else is also paying attention to it, right? The whole feminist wave. And even the boys, like I said, the young men are on board. But for those people, my age and up, like in their 40s and 50s, it's still very strong, this whole idea that feminist is a girl word. It's not. So let's raise our boys, especially accordingly. And then I want to get a little bit into race, which is a very hot topic. I thought long and hard about this one, how to incorporate it, because I am mixed race. My uh, father is from Trinidad. So he, you know, visually speaking, he looks more like somebody who's of Indian descent. And my mother is from Ireland and as white as the wall, (laughs) I like to say. 
And I not only turned out very, very light skinned, my son also never tires of saying to me, Mom, you you might be of color, but quite frankly, none of it is visible. So you kind of pass for white. I'm not a particular fan of passing for white. Like it's, um, I don't know, there's so many connotations with that particular phrasing. But he is right. Not only do I look white, I could be like, you know, French or Italian or something. I've also been socialized in a very, very privileged white world. I grew up mostly among white people, Irish at first, the first several years, and then Germans. And then I was in a boarding school with obscenely rich Germans, mostly Germans. So my whole life has been very much that of a white, privileged European, I want to say, and American. So that said, my son is not white. My son uh, is Asian, in terms of the visual now, right? Of course, he's partly me, so a quarter this, quarter that, but he's half Korean. And he looks Korean, or at least Asian. There we already get into the differentiations that could be difficult. But I wanted to talk about this because his experience is so incredibly different from my own. Yes, I was discriminated against when I was first coming to Germany. Back then, there weren't a lot of people of color here and certainly not darker colors, no brown, no black. So I was already considered pretty dark at the time. And funnily, I was darker than I am today. So I only know very little about being discriminated against for this. But my son does know a lot about it. He pretty much encounters it every day. Don't get me started on the whole Asian hate crime and all that stuff going on right now. But I wanted to say something about raising a person of color when you're not a person of color yourself. I'd love to speak of it from another angle, but I can't. That's just not who I am. But to have the kind of humility, I guess, to know that we know very, very little about what our children are going through, right? As white people or people who look very light-skinned, our experience is going to be almost 100% different from what our children's experience is. And the only thing, however, that we can do is to keep inviting them to share their experience if they feel like it, to maybe educate us. That is not their job. It's our job to educate us. But maybe if they do feel like sharing what is going on for them, what has happened, how they feel about it, and how they dealt with it, it's such a great place to start so that at least we can share or they can share with us how they're doing how this is for them, and then maybe we can also open up the space for others and to just be sensitive that this is a completely different experience, one that is dangerous and tiresome and threatening and frustrating and all these things for them. And to just know that we can be there to help out, to understand, to educate ourselves so that they know there is a way to be this person of color and to have support, to know that people are there to empower us, to recognize us, and to see us as much as they can uh, in this case, right, if, if you're a person or a child of color. So I just wanted to send that ahead because it's very important to me. It's a topic that has come up a lot now recently, of course. And the second part of this is, and then I will continue with other points, is to read everything we can about racism, especially the younger generations of literature on this topic. And if you're not a person of color, to really understand that you just don't know what's up. I don't know 
this is a whole area of my son's life that I don't necessarily have emotional access to because I only know not only not to make it any less or anything or create a hierarchy of discrimination, but I know this from a sexism point of view, but that's a whole different story. Sexism is not racism, is not genderism, is not ageism, right? So to just understand that to educate ourselves as much as we can when we're raising children of color. If you're not raising a child of color, by the way, read even more (laughs) and make your kids learn everything they can about the privilege that they have, the privilege that you have enjoyed, and how it is absolutely our responsibility as privileged people to take a stand, to use our voice, to use the platform, to share the mic, whatever it is, to elevate all of those who don't have the kind of privilege we have. And now I'm going to talk about the flip side of this, and that is there's a very fine balance between understanding or trying to understand what the reality of a person of color child uh, is, but not turning them into victims. And this is very important. I think I sometimes made a mistake here. In fact, I'm pretty sure I did, where I noticed there was racism going on in my son's school. And I got very emotional because I felt so disempowered in that moment. It's like, how how can they do this to my son? He didn't even do them any wrong. This is really purely based on the shape of his eyes. That was the particular thing they focused on a lot there. And um, I got so emotional. It hurt me so, so badly, of course, right? It hurts when our children are in pain. But to really really try to separate these things. Yes, you're hurt. Yes, you want to signal your absolute solidarity and love with your child. But don't let them become victims because of your emotional reaction so that they don't think, oh my God, it's really terrible for me to be this person of color. That can't work either. Same with any child, right? Whether it's um, boys or girls or anything in between, to not fall into this thing where now we're making them systemic victims. The temptation is always there because you want to show them that you're protecting them. But the way to protect them is to teach them how to protect themselves, how to understand their reality, how to share that, how to make us all, if they feel like it, conscious of what their reality means and how we as the privileged part of the population can empower them. Empower, not victimize. Really, really important there. Coming back to the idea of raising a boy, however, this was a lot about um, POC, of course, but it was super important to me to mention that Um, he still is a boy or male identified, which means there's privilege there. So even if we're raising a person of color, if we're not raising a person of color, this is a man who very often will physically be stronger than the female that's standing in front of him or in a group with him. So to make him understand that that is a privilege and you have to use this privilege, not usurp it, right? Not to channel that physical dominance that is probably always in the room somehow when men are there, at least for me it is. I'm always aware that that they are physically stronger than I. But to make him aware that this is a privilege and again, piggybacking on the idea before, your responsibility is to use that privilege to help those who don't have it, to have a strong consciousness of what it means to be able to understand and even protect others. Now, 
not falling into this thing of poor little woman needs protection by her boy child. Not what I'm talking about, not even for a second, right? But for him to understand that what he is experiencing as a man is a very different reality from what we as women experience. And to be conscious of that, Again, he can't understand everything you've gone through, just like I can't understand everything that a person of color is going through. It's just not possible because every attack, every incident that happens is going to be different based on what it is being based on, right? Genderism, sexism, ageism, whatever. This is different. Um, Feelings can be similar, but realities don't necessarily have to be. So to keep making him aware, to use this privilege, to understand what it is he's able to do to empower and elevate those around him. And I'm not even just talking about females. I'm talking about everybody. If your cause is animals as a guy heading up the effort, probably easier. If you're a startup and you're just women, you're not going to get financed as easily as a male startup. Maybe he needs to get behind those things, whatever it is, but using the power that he has to then distribute it as fairly as he knows how among those around him. And (laughs) lastly, I thought to myself, listen, if all this feels too political for you, if you're just like, whatever, you know, I, I, what does that even have to do with me raising my boy? I just love my boy. I want him to be safe. Da, da, da. Here's why I think you're going to think of this as important one day to not just raise a boy that has manners, to not just raise him to be academically interested or interested in life and literature, in music, whatever it is. But do you really want to be the mom one day who's sitting on her couch and there's someone like Donald Trump on TV making an impact and you have to say, yep, that's my son. (laughs) I'm thinking if none of this motivates you, maybe this will. Nobody wants to be that mom because, you know, even if the father fucked up, even if he wasn't in the picture, you know who they're going to be looking at when this kid goes wrong. So sort of ending this on a humorous note, I hope I hope this was interesting for you, um, maybe even helpful. I'd love to hear about the whole ethnicity and POC um, issues, if you have anything to say about that, because I think we still need to learn so much about it. And it's great when we can educate each other on it in a safe space. I hope you're well. I hope everything is going okay under the circumstances at this time that you do indeed have opportunity to, yeah, raise your voice and raise your boys in a good way. Hey, I rhymed there accidentally. Sending lots of love. Until next time.